welcome everyone to another episode of Spark Connections. We're here again on packing, talking about people's journeys in the tech industry. Super excited, able to bring back a, yet another guest. I'm glad that I'm like still getting people who want to like come and talk to me. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm glad that I have that impression on someone, but I'm glad that I have people who still want to come talk to me and hang out with me here. So for the next, however long this goes on, we'll be going through some journeys, talking about whatever random topics come up and really just having a good old time. Today, I have my friend Kim. I told you guys I'm no longer doing like the Twitter disclaimer because I all my friends are on Twitter now. Just We'll just move on from there. Uh, so glad to have you on. Thank you, Kim, so much for joining me today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to finally talk with you. This is the first time that I'm hearing your voice. And so I do this little game with myself um, before I meet everyone, if I haven't heard their voice before, of what I think their voice sounds like. And you sound like exactly what I thought you would, which is amazing for me because I'm really bad at that game. Nice. So I have no this, idea how you did that. <laughs> I don't either. Don't, I, I don't really either. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I am glad that for once out of all of my attempts, this is the one I got right. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I, wow. I, I, it's crazy to think about the fact that like, we've been friends for almost a year now. Like, I think I started like really getting heavily into tech Twitter and like following out of people around like May, June of last year. And so like, yeah, if we're not, if we haven't been friends for a year now, like we're getting relatively close to it. And I, I don't know. That's that just seems crazy, right? Like that it's been a year already. Yeah, it does. I'm so thankful for Twitter during this time because it's been such a like lifeline for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally wild. It doesn't even seem like the last year has even happened. It's been I'm super challenging, like over the course of like since last year to today, just to think about like all that we've been just. How, yeah. first of all, it's been 25 years. It hasn't even been a year. It's been, right, I am right. 50 years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, all, but also just like, I don't know. There's just been so much that's happened, like good and bad and like trying to like live with the trauma of having lived through a pandemic and still like survive and function as a human being, like on a day-to-day -day basis. It's It's been truly wild. I... I don't even know. I don't even know how to unpack that. Like, I don't think you can. I don't think there's enough therapy in this world to unpack that. <laughs> well, and then like, so if I, if I remember correctly, like you have kids. So like people, anyone who's a parent now, like, I think there should be a free something that they should get like free therapy, free, like <laughs> alcohol, free dinner, like free something. Cause I couldn't imagine being a parent right now going through all this um I, I can't i just couldn't imagine it it's it's astounding to me yeah i i wouldn't turn it down for sure but um i mean it's it's been hard but it's also been kind of a saving guideline um because when this first happened it's like you know we still had school and daycare and stuff going on for a little while um, so it was like still a schedule that you had to just get up and keep with, which, you know, made it really nice. Um, actually when all of this started, I had 
gotten laid off from my previous job. So it was really easy for me to crawl into bed and like not want to get up ever again. Um, but because, you know, I have two kids and one of them was in going in-person school, um, I had to keep going. I had to keep going for, for her and, you know, keep her day on schedule. Um, and then like a month later, you know, things start closing and all of this start going on and, um, yeah, just, just totally wild, but it's, it's nice. I, I can't imagine having very young kids in like elementary school. So I have two, one's in middle school, one's in daycare. Um, and I am very thankful that like the middle school one can kind of, you know, pretty self-sufficient <laughs> for the most part. Um, but I, I don't know how people with young kids are, are surviving. I, I hope they have all of the family help that they can get. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, manage some individuals uh, who were and are parents during um, were because I, I changed jobs during the pandemic, but not because I like got rid of their kid or something like that. Um, sure. <laughs> but Clarification. Like, what, for people who had any questions about what happened there. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I, you know, had some individuals who, and, and everyone reacted differently. I had, you know, one person who struggled a lot to balance work and helping, um, helping their one, you know, their one child, you know, make sure they're doing their homework and turning it in. And then, um, you know, making sure having one of, uh, one of the people like their kid would just like pop in during every call. Like, <laughs> we're pretty sure that he just waited to hear dad get on the phone and he would just like dad, I need you right now. This is the most important thing in the world. Um, That's funny. It was nice though, because we found a way to accommodate it. So like, we just made it part of what we did. Because, you know, you feel bad after a while, right? Or like, you get frustrated, you get upset at the child. And I was like, hey, let's, hold on. Like, they're a kid. They have, they're also trying to rationalize this. Like, we're adults and we're barely dealing with it. How much harder do you think it is for them? Let's find a way to incorporate it. So he became our mascot. He became the team's mascot. And that was just the way that we got him, like, so that he he had a job, he felt important, he had something to do, but also, you know, my employee could keep working. Yeah, that's so incredibly sweet. <clears throat> like, you're totally right. And, I mean, there's definitely been days, like, we had um, basically a month that both kids were home. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't go to daycare um, because of COVID exposure. So, thankfully, everyone stayed healthy. But... During that time, everyone was home. It was like, I am not comfortable having my TV on for eight hours so I can work. So we're going to have to find a balance here um, so that I can make sure that I'm there for my kids because this is what's important to me right now, that they feel that they're supported and they can um, thrive, not just survive, right? Yeah, and I think that's the important – that was – it was interesting watching how organizations reacted to that, right? So, like, I think there's always that idea of, like, people are parents. Yeah, okay, because you can separate, like, personal, you know, work from your personal life. But the moment yeah. that those two became one, the pandemic forced it to become one. Um, yeah. I think the way that organizations took that, I mean, from from today, from, you know, when it started all the way through today, like, still have to address that and deal with that is, is so different than, than what we traditionally, um, what we traditionally see. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of companies have had to just pivot on a dime and figure it out. And, um, you know, it goes against everything that we've ever seen ever before, right? Where it would take years <laughs> to get some change like this. So um, to be more, or what I mean by that is to be more inclusive to like a home work-life balance, because that's really what we're dealing with. If there is a balance anymore, I don't even know. <laughs> like it's all one. Yeah. I, I think about, um, you know, one of my, one of my mentors, uh, one thing that I, I continue to quote that he said, um, a long time ago, him and I were just like chatting one night randomly, like super late. And he said, you know, this is the first time in our history, right? Like in our human history, where we had to take like a full global timeout in like this modern age. And we have to sit with ourselves and evaluate ourselves and really ask what's important to us. Um, and we've never had to do that before on this kind of scale. So like watching parents who are like, my kids, my family life, my home life is more important than this job. My mental health is more important than this job. Like yeah. things, my my existence is more than just punching a clock and coming in and doing work and demanding more of organizations than we ever have before and holding them a level of accountability. They've been able to escape really because you've always been able to separate those two. Like I've been able to come to work keep that kind of separate from home. I've been able to go home, hopefully keep that separate from work. But now, like, I don't know about you, but I go from my office chair, uh, I step, I think it's, let's see, I think it's 10 steps. I'm just like looking at the couch in the other room now. So I think it's like 10 steps to the couch. And like, those two aren't that far apart. Yeah. 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 You're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's been wild. And, and you think about there's so many families now that have dual incomes, um, you know, and there's still a lot of families where it's just one income. So those families are probably doing mostly okay. You know, the other parent is taking care of the kids or running the household or whatever needs to happen. But, um, you know, like you brought up previous societies, right? Like dual incomes never used to be a thing. Women really never worked a hundred years ago. Um, couldn't even vote, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, right. It's it's just wild the the predicaments we're in nowadays, and trying to adjust a working world that is still very much feels like a man's world, um, and making that work for full families. That you know, it's the men and women that share the responsibilities, not just the women. Um, so a friend of mine and I were talking about, uh, and, and, and um, he's a history, like major buff geek. That's what he went to school for. Him and I were having a conversation. And, you know, I was asking him in his mind, like from a historical perspective, how does the last pandemic that the world faced, so the Spanish influenza, how does, you know, our reaction to this differ so much? And, he's, and he said exactly what you just said. He was like, the, the world and people and what people did was so different you know, when we think about the, the where the world was at during the time of the Spanish influenza, like it's nothing like what it is today. Like it's, it's actually like comparing apples and oranges um, to a certain extent, because you while, yes, you had, you know, workers who were still going to work the pr predominantly. It was mostly men who would have been affected from like the socioeconomic standpoint comparatively to women who would have already been, um, for the most part, still at home. Um, yeah. So, so their day to day might have changed in the sense of 
you know, being more careful, maybe having less access, things like that, but nothing like what it looks like today, where, as you said, that if you're a family that has a dual income, both mom and dad are going to work, they're both affected by this because now like you don't have the, you know, the, the, the father who's, you know, going to work and, 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 and providing the income. Um, you have two parents who now both are responsible for working, meaning that there's one less person to do the caretaking if there was even one at all, because we're both working. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, me and my husband, we both live an hour away from family. That's our closest, you know, um, and our parents, well, my parents are now retired. Um, but you know, his parents are still working. Um, like we don't have help. We don't have the option to call up somebody to come help. So, um, it's definitely had its struggles, but it's, it's such a different world than, than what, you know, they experienced back then. And, um, I was kind of talking to my grandma when this all started because she lived through the great depression. She was very young. Um, you know, she remembers, um, she remembers being somewhat well off. Like they, they would eat. Um, but it wasn't like a full meal, like you, they would have had in a normal circumstances. Right. Um, she was saying that instead of, you know, making toast with jelly, maybe you have that jelly on a cracker or, you know, you, you just make it go a little bit further, um, than what you would have before. So it was really interesting to hear her perspectives as well. Um, and, in kind of, you know, similar times where people were at home and you, you know, instead of not wanting to go to the store because you might get sick, you're just not able to go to the store because you might not be able to afford it. So um, different circumstances, but definitely similar experiences, I think, in, in some households. And I think the way that we've been kind of forced to interact with each other plays into that as well. Um, I mean, social media was already something that we had given so much power to up to this point, but in, in many cases, it became the only, and I, and I know we kind of let off with this, but it became like the only outlet yeah. um, to interact with anyone. Like I, when it first started, so both my parents are, are high risk and I absolutely um, had no intention of, of endangering them. Um, so sure. my only interaction uh, you, you know, with some, with many people was, was social media. Like that's for the, for the longest time. Like I, I think it was so my, I think my, my company um sent us home in in March, excuse me. Um, yeah, it was, it was early March. And I think the next time I saw someone physically was like maybe three or four months later. Um, and that was just because my family and I decided to do like a very small controlled gathering because we all knew that nobody had been around each other at my um, sure. house because I bought a house during the pandemic as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was very strange to go from seeing people every single, you know, five days a week and then whatever I did on the weekend to not at all. And then, you know, three, four months later, and I see my family all the time, um, so it was, it was very strange for us. Yeah, absolutely. I have, so I have anxiety, just day-to-day normal life anxiety. Um, but I have like crippling anxiety, even thinking about going to the store anymore, which is like somewhat ridiculous, but also incredibly valid. I think I've gone to the store once in the last year. Um, and I, I like 
can't bring myself to even go anymore. Like I made my own coffee creamer out of <laughs> evaporated milk and milk. You know what I mean? Like um, just getting a little thrifty <laughs> to try and make it through. I don't, it's, it's, it's wild what this pandemic is going to like have lasting effects on. Absolutely. The, the world will never Never, and I will I will go on record to say that. I am yeah. going on record saying that. The world will <laughs> never be the same again, ever. Right. The way, you know, when we talk about, like, like normalizing or, like, returning to normal, like, I, I think what we really mean by that is, like, we're re-baselining what normal, we're redefining, like, we're in a period of human history where we're, re, we're redefining what normal even is for humanity because the world that we know, like, that died. Like, that's gone. That'll never, yeah. that's never coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of companies like putting up walls again and like kind of undoing that open concept because if something like this were to happen again, those walls are going to help keep their employees safer. Um, so that's kind of been interesting to watch companies like backtrack and and kind of, you know, think about really the shift of what happened here and what they can do in the future to protect that. You know, I was, so as someone who I've, I've traditionally almost always worked in an office, I've had some organ, some, you know, roles where I was allowed to be remote. Uh, but the better part of my work experience has always been in an office. And, and since this, like, I'll, I'll never, it, I'll, I would have a hard time. I'm not going to say never, but I would very much struggle working for an organization that forced me to go back into the office full time. Um, yeah. It, it, it's almost a requirement for me now. Um it's part of my job. So it's like, if you want me, you can have me, but I, I want you to know, I, you know, it's one thing to say, Hey, you have to come in, you know, once a quarter because we have annual meetings, but like, if like coming in daily is just something that I would, I would struggle with a lot now. Yeah. Um, Cause the pandemic also taught me that people are kind of a lot of gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the more yeah. you think about it like i've seen things both pre leading up to during and now like continuing on through the pandemic where it's just like oh you guys are don't come near me <laughs> don't come near me don't look at me just yeah. i'll stay i'm gonna stay over here yeah can we make this six feet eight and can we keep that for the foreseeable future <laughs> Can we just never do away with that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a big struggle for me. My sister um, reached out and her, um, her and I, she, a concert's coming to our area. And it's a group that I like, I absolutely love, but also people are gross. <laughs> so yeah. like, I'm struggling with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's so many things that I kind of feel like this is ruined. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Like I think about concerts, like I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 30 in June and I've like seen a lot of concerts in my time, but like, I don't know I could go to a, like a normal concert again. I don't know that I can. And I don't know that I want to is the, is the other problem too. It's so upsetting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause concerts are great. I absolutely love concerts. I love the way they make you feel and just let loose and let go of whatever's bothering you and there's so many people packed inside them all screaming and spitting on each other ah. <laughs> oh, concerts oh, oh, fond memories <laughs> i mean 
even uh, struggling with like the restaurant aspect. I just I don't want other people making my food. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> I'm, I, there are so many things where like, I, so I am I am a now like self proclaimed like takeout expert because like I know like what restaurants <laughs> do like good takeout versus which ones do bad takeout just because I'm I'm still uncomfortable sitting in a restaurant. I'm just yeah. not something that I'm super um, comfortable with. I, I have twice since the pandemic started and I have, I've struggled being in there the entire time because. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. You're thinking about all the things that you never thought about before. <laughs> all, well, all the things that we weren't even educated, like no one knew what a virus looked like before. Not that no one knew, but like, before this, like when, you know, the new version of the whatever, the version 17 of the flu came out, no one had a right. picture of what the flu was or how infectious it was or anything like that. But like co- coronavirus, once companies started educating and talking about it and it became and it wasn't just like the news talk about it, companies internally in terms of like their disaster response were incorporated into their strategy. Like what happens if we have an outbreak? Um like I remember the the last company I was with, they did a whole presentation on it. They did a whole presentation on coronavirus and how like infectious wow. it was and, and death rate, like all this stuff, like death rates and all these crazy things. And I remember thinking like, why are we all, why are, I don't know, three or 400 of us packed into a room learning about an extremely infectious disease with all, this doesn't, this seems counterintuitive. Am I oh, the only one? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. You know, my husband and I were talking before, like, you know how many times people would be like, oh, I'm feeling better. I think I'm over my cold. I'm just going to come in, you know, and just relax or like whatever it may be. And no, you're still infectious. Like, go home. And everyone in the office would get sick. And there's always somebody sneezing in their cubicle, you know, like whatever it was, just you. I don't know. I don't know. I I started my current job totally remote. Um but I've I've worked in the same location before and I know what that commute looks like. Definitely not looking forward to that again. Um but I it, going back to the office is going to be so hard for so many reasons, but thankfully with having kids, you know, I really can't go until schools open up fully, so We'll see what that looks like. <laughs> I'm I'm grateful that the so the second job that I the job that I have now um, that's I did switch during the pandemic. I'm grateful that they are a remote first company, um, so I don't have to go in the back of the office. That's nice, and I'm so grateful because nice. I I don't know that I would successfully be able to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I just, I just don't know that I'd successfully be able to do that and feel comfortable doing it as well. Um, yeah, I think companies are starting to recognize that. And I think there's a lot of planning and thinking about what this new world might look like. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of companies doing some hybrid stuff. I've heard a lot of companies like you're remote unless, you know, you're having a team meeting or something like that. Um so it'll be interesting to see what happens and and kind of what happens with companies. I I think more should go to this remote world, and I think some are. I think some are saying, 
you know, we didn't realize our employees could be as productive as they are remote. <laughs> so it, it's interesting. I, um, I, when I went remote, um, from the, the last company I was at, I, I, my day was structured very much like this. I would get to work at 7 a.m. because from 7 to 9, the office was super empty. So no one was around to like kind of distract me. So for those two hours is when I would get everything done. And then I would spend so much of my time in meetings and all sorts of other like distractions that I would, I really wouldn't get anything done for the rest of the day um, that I deem like as something, you know, productive or of value. Sure. Um but now, like, when I came home, like, when I started working remote, um, like, I would get up and do the exact same thing, but I would tear through whatever I needed to do because I did, those distractions were even more so removed. Um, but, I, 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 you know, at the current company that I'm at, like, I, uh, you know, whenever I think my manager sometimes is just like, how? Like, how do you do this? Because he'll, like, ask me for something and be like, hey, can you... You know, could you look into this? And I'm like, done, done, <laughs> sorry, done. It's like, all right, well, cool. Can you take care of this for me? I did it last week. <laughs> also done. <laughs> like, That's funny. Done. And he like, and he's just like, I love, hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't not like you, but I kind of don't. <laughs> oh, so, man. So, yeah. Do you want to know what? I, we have spent so much time talking about so many other things. I, I do want to give you some time to just talk about, which I think is super important. Because um, this pandemic has is, is affected us all differently. And, and hearing it from, like, some of my friends' perspectives has been really great. But I do want to give you some time to talk about, like, your, your journey into tech. I know a tiny bit about it, but not not a lot. But I, I do want to kind of hear, like, how you got into the role of um, – you're, you're a senior, and I do like to make that distinction, a senior iOS developer. Whoop, whoop. Because – Female and women empowerment will happen here all the time. I am a yeah. stand for this. If you don't like it, see me in my DMs. It won't go well for you. But moving on. <laughs> um, so you're a senior iOS developer. Super cool. Like I am jealous. I started off my journey in tech learning Swift. Um, didn't have enough experience. Ended up, you know, kind of pivoting to another developer role. And ended up, um, you know, falling more into like C Sharp. Um, and doing more backend stuff. Uh, but I but just want to hear like how you ended up where you are. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's been a wild journey. Um, let's see. So where do I start? <laughs> um, okay, well, a uh, little known fact, I have talked about it previously, so others may know, um, but I started as a single mom. I was 19, um, and that's prime college years for those of you that do math. Um, <laughs> so it was incredibly challenging, um, but it just forced my hand to kind of figure out what I wanted to do a little bit faster. So after going down a few roads of what I didn't want to do, um, first one being chiropractic, I was totally sold on being a chiropractor until I learned that there were cadavers involved. Not fun. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I swear. <laughs> sure, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
so that that was the first strike uh the second strike was okay well i can you know get uh uh, what's it called? Like an associate's degree in two years if I go into radiology. Um, so I took one radiology class and was absolutely repulsed with everything I learned. <laughs> so then I decided that also was not for me. So I kind of regrouped, um, went back to a four-year college, university rather, um, where I decided that I was just going to stick to the basics until I figured it out. Then eventually I started pursuing a math degree um, because I've always been relatively good at math. Um, Well, not always. That's kind of a story within itself. (laughs) Um, But I, I, I did okay with it. Um, And then in pursuing a math degree, I accidentally took a intro to programming class. And I say accidentally because I had no idea what programming was. I thought it was going to be something like drag and drop, super simple, (laughs) Uh, want, want. Um, But I actually had a lot of fun in it. It was like Java and we coded in, um, what's the ID? It's like BlueJay, I think it's called. Um, But it it was super fun to like, you know, just type some things and it showed up on the screen and I felt so powerful and I never really considered it a job or something I could do. I just thought it was something kind of fun that happened. Right. Um, and then one day my professor pulled me to the side and he was like, I think you should consider changing your major to computer science. And I'm like, "Mm, you're just saying that because I'm the only woman in here, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't remember any other women being in that class. Um, The first day of that class, I didn't realize it was like a lab classroom setup. So I actually went to the wrong class on the first day. I was supposed to go to the lab. Um, And there was a guy sitting in class and I asked him if he was in that uh, course as well. And he, no joke, started hyperventilating. I'm like, okay. Um, you so good, was, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a strange interaction. Um, and then as I got further, I was like, oh, there's literally like no girls, no women in these classes at all. Um, so he's probably never really talked to one before. Cool. Like, it was just a really weird interaction. It was a weird realization. Um, but the professor was really cool. So I told him I'd think about it. And then I went home and I looked up salaries (laughs) and I am sitting here with my, at the time, one, two year old daughter. Like, yeah, I could do this. (laughs) I will figure this out somehow, (laughs) some way. Yes. I mean, it's life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing. And being a single mom, it put it in perspective. Like, I can not only take care of myself, but I can have a good life for her, which is really what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, I started taking more computer science classes, and um, it's been a trip. But I graduated in four and a half years with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. Um, I did have two internships 
my last internship, it was supposed to lead to a full-time offer and then budget constraints happened um, and they weren't able to extend an offer at the end of my internship, which actually ended in December, the same month I graduated in. So then I had to like really (laughs) struggle, not struggle, but like frantically find a job because a lot of other people have already had jobs lined up. And as you can imagine, December is not exactly hiring time, right? It's usually after the first quarter when budgets are approved and all of that. Um, So that, that was super interesting as well, but I'm thankful to have landed my first opportunity, which um, out of desperation, I was like, just whatever you need. (laughs) And they were like, well, we have mobile openings and we have Java openings. I was like, well, my background's in Java, but I did have a mobile course, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. So I'm like down for whatever. Um, so they, they were having a really hard time finding people with any mobile experience. So that's what category they shoved me in. <laughs> um, and I was actually really happy because from there I was able to get Android, iOS, and jQuery mobile training. And I was kind of able to choose my path from there. So I just kept following what I liked and what I enjoyed, which was iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. That. So, what? uh, Oh man, I have so many things. Sorry, my brain just like my brain fully rebooted because I got so excited. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, So uh, you know, I I worked at I worked at Apple um, in the in their retail area back in 2013, Um, and I remember when you know Swift started becoming popular and they started offering Swift courses for. for employees, that was one of the things that I was really excited about was the opportunity to, you know, learn Swift, learn what it could do, and then, you know, kind of work inside that um, ecosystem, which I I don't, I know that like other companies try and compete, but like, I don't, I can't think of a better example of like a more well-defined, more perfect, more like well-oiled machine of an ecosystem than, than Apple and bringing you into the fold. Because all it, it starts with one product, right? Like, and that's... Yeah. That's very much their idea. They're like, we don't need to get you on everything. We don't need to get you. We don't need people. We don't need you to buy a Mac and an iPhone and an iPad and a watch all at the same time. We just need you to get one. Yeah. And you will, you will slowly eventually like, uh, you'll be back. You will. (laughs) Well, my sister and I were just talking and she, um, she was, you know, she was saying, she was like, you know, it would be really convenient for me. So she has an iPhone or an iPad. She was really convenient for me if I like, had something else that I could, you know, something like another device that I could use, like that wasn't a computer, but kind of is a computer. And like the guy at the Apple store, she was there getting her phone fixed. And the guy immediately was like, have you ever heard of the iPad pro? And like sucked her in. Like it didn't take much to like convince her that that was a device that she needed. And, and I, I often think about like, that's all it starts with. It starts with this yeah. one device that just kind of pulls you into the rest of the the rest of the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I couldn't afford one at the time, obviously, um, but I remember people having their, was it 3GS or 3G? I don't even remember. 3GS, I think. Um, I just remember being so fascinated by it. It's like, wow, you know, just so clean and so easy to use. Like this makes total sense. 
um, and just how revolutionary that felt. And I was always attracted to Apple products like from that moment on. So when I got the opportunity to, um, when I started coding, it was an objective C. Um, so when I got the opportunity to build something for this little device, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I remember when, so I remember when the first iPhone came out and I was in high school and, um, you know, my parents were very much like, hey, you have a phone because you need it for emergencies. It's not an entertainment device. Right. And so I didn't get the first iPhone. I didn't get the second one. The third iPhone, when it came out, when the three, not the 3G, but the 3GS, when that came out, I remember I had a friend, I had a Blackberry and my friend had a, um, had a, had a, had this 3GS and, and he hated it. He, he had a Blackberry before he wanted his Blackberry back. And I was like, well, what if we just switch? And that was, that was at the time where, um, Verizon used to, to get your phone activated, they still had to do it in store and, um, and AT&T, you, you know, you still just had the, that big ass SIM card that you just popped out and popped in. And I remember, um, when we both figured, found out that we had, that we both had like AT&T phones, we were so excited. And so I think like one day after school, we like huddle up in a room. Cause you, there was like a, it was you. It wasn't the regular like push out to get the SIM card for the phone, um, for the Apple phone out, for the iPhone out. And I remember like him and I just like finding whatever we could to get this SIM card out, so we could swap <laughs> SIM cards, so we could switch phones. And that was how I got my first iPhone. I traded with my friend. Um, nice. <laughs> and and ever since then, like I remember after getting it, like I was just hooked. Like I couldn't. It's it's almost like the uh, I forgot what I can't even think of what brand it is anymore. Where it's like, but you can't have just one. Like that was I've just that's the way I've been ever since. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, my first smartphone was an iPhone. Once I was able to afford it, um, but yeah, you're right. Is like I eventually got an iPad. Um, even though I didn't really need an iPad, it was like well, I enjoy reading books sometimes and it would be really nice for flights, for movies and things like that. Um, but it's such a seamless experience. It like totally made sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though my wallet's like, you really don't need it. <laughs> you know, I think, I think like I've been trying to be a little bit more controlled about that. So my family's joke, and it's not really a joke. It's actually true, but like, it's, it's also a joke at the same time. Like whenever a new Apple device comes out, there's like something that awakens within me that's like, like whatever I have in my hand at the time just becomes like, it might as well be a hundred years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like when the new iPhone comes out, like my phone, I'm like, oh, this slow old technology this thing could barely do any like i don't even need this anymore i'm gonna give this right. away for free and it could be like last year's phone right um and i finally like i'm getting to a place where i'm just like i don't i don't maybe i don't need to do that anymore maybe i don't need to upgrade every year right <laughs> yeah it's definitely an itch that you have to like spend energy to fight <laughs> 
Yeah, so I've been I've been trying to be a little bit more controlled about that, but all in all, I you know I enjoy I enjoy the idea because even from a development space, like even I, I think Apple's built a really good ecosystem about how um you know how how they expect development to be done against their platform, um, which I, I think helps to a certain extent because if you if you can if you can build for one, you could build for all to a certain extent. I think in that space, um, yeah. Yeah, they've done a really great job with so many pieces of of their ecosystem. Um, that was this, uh, blah, blah, blah. That was also one of the reasons <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I chose iOS because I actually, with my background being in Java, I kind of gravitated towards Android more at the beginning um, because it was comfortable. Right, it was where my education was. That's where my experience was, um, but. Uh, iOS had nib files. So it was like the predecessor of storyboards. Um, and it was like a drag and drop interface, which was so revolutionary at the time. I was just so amazed by it. Um, and Android had XML files, which uh, could go wrong in a second. <laughs> so I just, I remember, um, just thinking about how much easier it was to develop with Xcode and and that over Android and Eclipse at the time was the IDE um, and some of the other things that Android had going on, one being like a thousand different device sizes at that point in time. Um, and there's, it's only gotten worse. You know, now you have all the different brands making Android phones as well. So... I'm I'm good. I'm good in my iOS world. <laughs> I think the other challenge. Um, so I I used to do automated testing and doing automated test um, for a you know Android version of an app versus you know an iOS app was always a challenge. Um, but I think about spinning up like an Appium server um, to do like automated testing and like having like Android, like having to install Android studio onto my machine and then listening to my machine decide that it wanted to take off and never come back. Um, I actually burned out a machine that way too. Oh yeah. And Android studio smoked this machine that I would use just from like spinning up my Appian server to like starting up Android studio to then doing the, the work that I was doing, like completely smoked the machine. And the and emulators, I, right? The IT people were super upset at me because it was like two machines in like a matter of a month. Whoops. <laughs> I was like, sorry. And I remember the 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 IT manager came up to my desk and goes, What are you doing to our computers? And I'm like, testing? Should I not? And he's like, whatever you're doing, you have to stop. We can't keep ordering you machines. And I was like, well, get them fixed. I don't know what to tell you. Um, wow. So, I, it, well, so what's actually funny is he he brought me downstairs the one day when they were ordering my machine and was like, what do you need in it to make sure this never happens again? So I ended up getting <laughs> this like super high spec out, like I9, like at the time I got one of the first I9 machines. So that was like a, a penny and a half. Um, nice. We, it, it came with like 32 gigs of RAM. Like it was... And you know what the problem was? The machines that we were using and we were ordering were like those kind of like some of the first iterations of the like thinner, um, like those thinner machines. So I was just, mm. I was just, once the machine started like running all that stuff all at the same time, like it started just like blowing capacitors and like, yeah, just, yeah. 
So it was it was a fun it was a fun experience, and I you know it was nice that I got this really souped up machine out of it. Yeah, that is nice. <laughs> That's nice of them I mean, to ask. Is, well, well, they because they were like, we either have to order you another machine or like we're. <laughs> At one point, he's like, I'm gonna buy you like an i3 Pentium whatever, and I was like, cool, I'll get no work done. I'm got whatever you can pay me to sit here and not do anything, right? <laughs> um. But yeah, it was it was it was definitely an interesting experience to say the least. But wow. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. I am so glad we have gotten to spend some time together and we finally got to get you on the on the show. I definitely am already extending a future invite for you to come back. So just wanna Sweet. just throw on that out there just to make it <laughs> make my request known. So looking forward to looking forward to having you back on again in the future. Um, if you're comfortable with it, if you absolutely want to, would you mind just sharing where people can find you at? Um, and don't forget to highlight your store because it is awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back and chat some more. There's so much to unpack here. So <laughs> I think, I think that's definitely some areas we can, we can touch on. Um, but yeah, my, uh, the best place to find me is probably on Twitter. I'm at Kdacode, uh, K-A-Y-D-A-C-O-D-E. And my store is Kdacode.com. I have some sticker packs um, and then some swag as well that I am going to um, give some more love to here in the next few months because it's uh, it's been stagnant for too long. I I think with a combination of you and probably like five or six others, um, you have all decorated my laptop. My personal laptop is. And I'm, I'm one of the committed people, like my laptop stickers are on like a case, like they're on the laptop. That's awesome. <laughs> they're on, they are attached to my MacBook. So you, you and uh, a few others are like a part of me now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been so fun. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was about the stickers, but I was like so sick of just the standard, like, I don't know, corny jokes i'm like we can do better like <laughs> so yeah it's it's been a really fun um creative release really uh to create my store and and get some fun designs out um and i'm hoping to do more in like the apparel aspect uh it's just been just been rough with time and everything to get new designs out but um yeah i'm looking forward to that stickers have been super fun um yeah, it's it's just all great. <laughs> it's it I I love whenever I see new stuff come out because I'm always it, you know it's funny I um, have a drawer full of stickers that like haven't made it onto a laptop but like we'll go on to other things and like whether it's you know I don't know I always find stuff to, to throw stickers on. Um, sure. Sometimes when I'm like giving gifts, um, I'll, I'll like you know slap them on there and uh, yeah so I always I always enjoy that I always look forward to the next design. <laughs> but thank you again so much for, for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in to another episode of Spread Connections. I'll catch you guys on the next one.